is Fred Stoller. You may know me from Seinfeld, Dumb and Dumber, Get Off the Phone, Everybody Loves Raymond, and the original OG Thrill Seeker. You know what I did? I'm going to rent a movie. I'm not going to rewind it. That's why I love this podcast. You are listening to Massive Late Fee with Mike and Mark. Oh, yeah. I used to just uh, return videos and not rewind them. Screw that late fee. Yeah. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mike. How are you doing, Mike? Not too bad. How about yourself? Good. We've had a good week here in Michigan and at Massive Late Fee itself. Mike, have you uh, participated in any of the online gambling that we now have available here in Michigan? I have a little bit. Like, uh, there was an offer that, like, uh, every 313 people who signed up for it, it would move the point spread on a uh, Pistons versus Lakers game last week by oh, okay. uh, at one point. So, at one point, I had, like, 100. I think I had over 110 points. So, oh, I'm like, wow. okay. Yeah, but I only won, like, $40 or something like that. But still, it's free money, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've got uh, Pokers back in Michigan with Poker Stars. We're not sponsored by Poker Stars, but I'm just it's free money as long as you don't own a remark. That's right. <laughs> yeah, actually, I heard a story. I I won't repeat, but I heard a story today about somebody that I I don't know, but somebody that I know knows who might have a bit of a problem with uh, this stuff. So, uh, anyway. Uh, I probably shouldn't go into any more detail than that. Uh, but this is, uh, this is Massive Late Fee where we talk about gambling and gambling culture. Uh, oh wait, no, we don't. Uh, but Mike, this week, have you, have you, have you been seeing anything? Have you been watching anything this week? Have you, have you heard any, any rumblings of news this week? Well, I, I, uh, I did, uh, finish watching this, uh, this season's, um, and I, I think it's only a limited series because there's it, it finished the arc of the book, uh, the stand. I finally uh, watched the last episode of that. Oh, okay. How was... I wish I could have that time. That, I wish I could have the time I used watching the stand back. Oh, really? Did it not end well? It, it mostly wasn't good. I mean, there were some. They, they did make some good choices that I'm like, okay, the, the person who wrote this understands, like you know, the the narrative. They know what's important and what's not. But then ultimately, just like. A lot of the acting wasn't that good, um, mm. and even, like, the dialogue and stuff. And, I mean, it doesn't help that I have seen, like, you know, the 1994 series, and, you know, I read the book, and I think I've read... I don't know if I read originally the unedited, um, the unedited book, because, you know, God forbid you trim 400 pages off that fucking book. Right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it was it, it was okay. I mean, some people were pretty good performance-wise, and... For a moment, I thought when they depicted Flag as a demon, it was like, ugh. But actually, I, it was just the first glance. It looked really dumb. But then when I looked at it further, it was fine. Oh, okay. But yeah, they changed some of the characters, not for the better. Like, Lloyd is like this, like, goofy younger person. Uh, they have, like, a tri- I don't remember even if they had a trial in the original. Um, But they have that. It's 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 whatever. It is what it is. What kind of trial? Um, They were trying uh, shit. Um, Sounds like it was very trying. I'm trying to remember the character names. Uh, the one played by Greg Kinnear, the older guy, Judd, maybe. Oh, okay, sure. I don't think that's right. That doesn't sound correct. Um, and then Larry Underwood is also uh, also there. Um, that's because uh, you know he's like a typewriter, right? Because uh, his head. Um, and then uh, some woman. I don't know if that was a character in the original one or not. Maybe I, I don't remember. 
See, the thing is, I think the stand is often depicted as like this, like, you know, one of the epic, like Stephen King, like books. It, it's, it's really, I don't think it's all that great. It's okay. Interesting. Huh. I mean, do you feel that of, of his works, it's like within the top, I mean, if it include like single novels and like, you know, epics, like, you know, obviously like the uh, Dark Tower series mm-hmm. or even it is like, I mean, book wise, I mean, it's probably as long as a stand. Oh yeah. Well, almost anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it's a decent book. It The Stand is never, so The Stand is a lot of people's favorite books, I guess. It's never been my favorite of his, but I do like the book. But I, there's, there's, uh, there's so many more books of his that I enjoy a lot more. Like, you and I both, I think, like a lot of the, um, the, uh, Bachman type of writing a little bit more. So, you know, the, the good Bachman books. And there are some Stephen King books that are more Bachman like than others. I think his short stories are really, uh, really good too, for the most part, Mm -hmm. the novellas, you know, like a different season. And, uh, I think there was another book of novellas. I don't remember what it was. Uh, yeah, there's different seasons. There's uh four past midnight's, Hearts in Atlantis is kind of I don't know a weird, a weird one, but yeah, I haven't read that one. But it doesn't like I think I've read Low Men and Yellow Coats maybe out of that. Yeah, isn't it like the thriller like novel in the novella in novella in the well? There's collection? so Hearts in Atlantis is like the the big one in that, and then Yo Low Men and Yellow Coats kind of ties in, and there's a couple other short stories that sort of tie in. They take place at different points in in these characters' lives, basically. Gotcha. I just I just wish he had uh, someone who had the courage to say, you know what, you don't need all those parts moving here. I mean, if you cut cut down maybe mm-hmm. a third of this book, it'd be so much. I mean, it, yeah, honestly, it would. I mean, most of his books. I mean, if you, there's, I mean, not to be a dick, but I mean, there are a few where there, I I was like, you know, there wasn't enough about this, you know, in here. You right. didn't go to enough backstory. I didn't know when he was like, you know. Four years old, he saw a shark at the beach, and it scarred him for life. So, how do I even know this character? Right. He's like uh, he's like Winston from Ghostbusters. Not enough backstory. Yeah, exactly. I saw, or I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they were talking about you know writing and and things like that, and they're like, you know, is is that how you just become a really prolific writer? Is you just write mundane shit? And they talked about how. One time they picked up this book by Lee Child, who uh, I think he wrote, uh, he created Jack Reacher, I think. Um, yes, yes. And he was like, I was reading this thing and he got, he was getting an email and he was like, uh, you know, Jack uh, navigated to the email folder. Oh, that is where the emails are kept, he thought. And it's like, and he's just like going in depth in this, in this scene of him receiving an email. And there's, and it's just like that is that is the kind of stuff that happens a lot in these books. Right, there's someone who did something similar with Dan Brown. Like it was like talking about Dan Brown writing a book. It's really funny. It's like Dan Brown, the famous novelist, was writing a famous novel. You know that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, whatever. I mean, obviously, it connects with a lot of people. But yeah, uh, Lee Child in, in general. Like I've read one of his books, and it was just ridiculous. It was like going out. It was almost like almost like a uh, you know a sensual description of a. Uh, a guy punching somebody in the chest so hard that their <laughs> heart exploded because he hit him in this precise way. And it was, oh, I didn't think it would be possible, but Reachers punched so many people in the chest, it was bound to happen at one point. 
I love, I've never read any of the Jack Reacher books, but I, I love how he is famously in the books like this huge man. And yes, uh, yes. It, in the it, movies, it, he's played by Tom about. Cruise. Yeah, but actually, that reminds me of something I did watch this weekend. I watched um, uh, Mission Impossible. I think it's number seven, Fallout. Oh, okay, yeah. Like for like the third time, I've watched. I watched it again like last week. I really enjoy that movie. I mean, I, I don't know why he preface this by saying I'm not a big Tom Cruise fan. It's not really necessary, but I mean, it's they're it's a very fun. It's a really good action movie. Henry uh, Cable's in it. Um, mm-hmm. Ving Rhames, uh Simon Pegg, maybe the the hot fuzz guy. Yeah, Simon Fuzz. Yeah, Simon Fuzz. That's. Yeah. <laughs> There are two scenes in the movie that are very weird, though. Uh-huh. I mean, have you seen uh, Mission Impossible Fallout? I have, yeah. It's one of the few Mission Impossible movies I've seen. Okay, I think you might know the scenes I'm talking about. Um, the one where uh, Ving Rhames just gives, like, the, the woman, like, a completely un- unasked for, like, a, you know, information dump about uh, about Ethan Hunt's, like, past mm. relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, that sounds such a weird scene. <laughs> it's just it's so odd. It's like you feel like there was something else that was deleted that maybe that referred to, but right. <laughs> I don't think so. And then the other one was when Alec Baldwin is like going out of his way to tell Ethan Hunt what a good soldier he is, too. Yeah, exactly. It's like this is this is really not necessary. I really do like uh, I like Angela Bassett in there; she's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Henry Cable is also good in it. Um, yeah, absolutely, pretty much everyone. But this is, I mean, the stunts are great. Uh, the Although <laughs> my friend Matt and I were talking about it, and uh, the plot kind of doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, like it does. Like I don't understand why they're trading the two. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because the White Widow is supposed to be like a broker, but she's right. she's basically they're basically it's just like the White Widow's forces with like Ethan Hunt and uh and Henry Cable's character joined. So it makes no sense. <laughs> like why why are they joining them if they're like just the broker? Yeah, there's, there's, yeah, there's not a lot of it's a a lot of the times these movies the plot doesn't make a ton of sense or it's not it doesn't make there's a, a sheer like <laughs> divide between reality and the plot at one point in the movie yeah 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 that that one is particularly sort of uh, egregious I suppose but um yes. but it's you know but like I, I don't care it's, it's a lot of fun it's a it's a it's one of those fun popcorn movies and those those are cool every once in a while. Another, uh, actually, Fred, I started to watch another movie. My, uh, my friend Matt and I watched the Super Bowl yesterday. Um, yeah. And, uh, oh, my God, it was infuriating when my squares missed by so little. Um, but, like, uh, we watched, uh, there's this uh, movie on, I think it's Hulu, maybe, or HBO Max. It's mm-hmm. uh, called General Commander. It's a 2020 movie with uh, Steven Seagal. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so we had a lot of questions about that. And the biggest question of all is, like, during the opening credits, they just go into, like, statistics about the organ trade. <laughs> like, what? What? What the fuck is going on here? And sure enough, uh, Steven Seagal was apparently in the CIA, and like uh, somehow they were involved in uh, stopping an organ trading ring, which makes no sense for the CIA to be involved in at all. Right. And then we're like, I wonder if Steven Seagal just kind of sit through most of this because he has like a team of like you know pretty able like you know people. Mm-hmm. But now he was out there shooting people too, and we turned it off. And we're like, yeah, we're just gonna watch something else. I've yeah, I've seen. I don't know if you've seen it. There's a I think there's a YouTube video of it of him doing some like like martial arts demonstration, and guys are just like kind of walking up and then just falling over. <laughs> it looks so terrible. <laughs> Well, he actually is like a legitimate, like a keto, like a martial artist. You know, like I think he was like one of the first Westerners to actually open like a school in uh, Japan for keto. So he actually does know a keto. Yeah, but, but I uh, think he I, he's a fucking weirdo beyond that. I think at this point, though, he's just like fairly out of shape. I guess. 
Uh, he, yes, that's, like, that's a very generous thing of you to say. Yeah, like he does not look great. Right. But he looks like he's on Cake Boss, not a uh, microorganism. <laughs> Like a test, like a tester, maybe. <laughs> and you gotta look at his hair; it's very unnatural looking to, to be to be generous. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, and even his goatee looks fake, which is very odd. It is. We- it's weird when goatees don't look real. Some people have a, that weird facial hair that's that's like that, where their goatee looks fake. I don't know if that's what's going on or what, but it it did not look. Uh... Did not look normal. Ugh. What about you? Did you watch anything? I know we had discussed watching uh, the Wendy Williams uh, biography. I think you said you were able to watch a little bit of that. I haven't. I wasn't able to find it. Yeah, I was. Like I, I, it wanted me to pay for it. And there's no way I'm doing that. Right. Yeah, I was able to track uh, to track it down, and I, I, I got maybe two minutes into it. I didn't get very far into it. So, um, thank goodness you didn't waste time. But I, I did watch. I did watch the Super Bowl, uh, which was. Interesting for about a quarter of the game. Yeah. Well, it was interesting for me for about two quarters because I had four and three for my numbers, and I had like a twenty dollars square, so I uh, felt like I was close to uh, making a decent amount of money at one point, but mm-hmm. it quickly dissolved. My mother-in-law, of course, won two squares. <laughs> nice. Oh, uh, that's good. Um, but yeah, it's. It, uh, I, a lot of people are complaining about the refs, obviously. Um, I think I. Yeah, I don't think that's especially fair. Yeah, I, I, you know, there there might have been some calls that could have gone, you know, another way, I guess. But I don't. That's not the reason that uh, that the Chiefs lost. I don't think. I mean, the, the Chiefs were just making egregious penalties at certain points, and yeah. you can't really be upset if the refs were calling them. I mean, there was a woman really ref, though, so I kind of hate both. I kind of hate both teams, though. You know. Yeah, that's the so. My kids, I turned the game on, and my kids were like, uh, "My daughter goes, which one is is our team?" And I was telling her what the teams were, and she was like, "No, which one's the one? Our the who, who's us for for our state?" And I laughed, and I go, "They're not in this game. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that ever happening." So I explained to her that uh that I didn't really have a rooting interest in in the uh in either of the teams. I said we as a Kansas City won last year and we had a really nice vacation in Tampa, Florida uh at the right before the pandemic happened. So maybe yeah. I'm more partial to Tampa Bay, I guess. I don't know, but I hate Tom Brady, so I don't know. Yeah, that's how I feel, but my dad lives uh, closer to Tampa, and I mean, my, I just really generally care for the underdog. Like, I mean, Mahomes, mm-hmm. it seemed like a no-brainer. I thought the, I, I thought the Chiefs were just going to crush them, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, it did It did kind of seem like that. So I was sort of pulling for uh, Tampa as well because of those factors, but like I said, ultimately, I didn't really care who won. Yeah. I mean, it, it could have been at least been a decent game to watch instead of like over, mm-hmm. you know, by the first half. Yeah, that was the that was the the frustrating thing. But man, the uh, they really Tampa Bay really figured out. Had a great <laughs> Tampa Bay really figured out uh, uh, Kansas City's all, or, uh, defense and how to how to best exploit it. Yeah, and at least finally something good happened for Tom Brady. Right. 
Yeah, he finally he finally won an NFC championship game and beat an AFC team yes. in the Super Bowl. Yes. First time in his career. <laughs> oh man, and Gronkowski too. Catching two two touchdown yeah. passes in the fir- in th- for their first two touchdowns. Good but but yeah, yeah. Something something good's got to happen for that dude. <laughs> I wonder how the people of New England feel. Do, do you think they're excited, or do you think that they're pissed? Um, you know, I honestly think it's probably pretty split. I mean, you think they'd be rooting for them because they had both uh, Brady and Gronk on the team. Right. But, I mean, at the same time, they probably feel betrayed. Why? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember. Didn't the Patriots, like, elect not to pick up his contract? I think that's – well, Gronk retired, and I think, yeah, the Patriots were just like – He retired, like, last year. Yeah. I think the Patriots were just like, well, you know, it's time for you to go into the wild blue yonder. Yeah. Right. I mean, I was. I, I, it's funny. You'd think it would be a perfect time for him to retire after this game, but he just—he just isn't the type of person who would do that. I don't think. No, but for perspective on on Boston's Boston's, uh, you know, feelings, Mike, I've got a I've got a, a special surprise guest for for everybody. It's. Uh, Academy Award winner Ben Affleck. Ben, I don't have Ben Affleck. <laughs> I mean, that's not as good a get as it was like ten years ago. Yeah. Well, hi, hi, Mark. I can't do Ben Affleck's voice. What does he sound like? Uh, like the guy that works at the fashionable mail. Yeah, there you go. Oh, I hate you, fucking loser, Mark. I probably got Casey Affleck on. Right. <laughs> Uh, I could have gotten mad. We should make a podcast called. We should make a podcast called Pariah. Just have like all the, uh, <laughs> you know, the canceled people on there. Oh, you can't go anywhere else. So now we have a huge guest. Something, something did. Uh, something se- semi exciting. I mean, not super exciting, but I, it made me smile when I saw it happened. That you will be interested in. So I was on Twitter, and I was somebody had said uh, about the the award show. Uh, they said uh, Rhea, Rhea Seahorn deserves better. And I I posted, I responded to them and said that she's the best thing on a really great show. Like she's not just, you know, she's not just like really great and, you know, the rest of the shows, whatever. She's the best thing on a show that's arguably the best show on TV. And See, that's, that's that's hard to argue because I think you automatically just dismiss how good Bob Odenkirk is on there because you know he's the main focus of the show. Yeah, but yeah, I, she's very good. I uh, do. What's his name? The guy who plays Mike Jonathan Banks is really good. Yeah, and that's the thing is I love all those. I love all those people. I love their characterizations. I love the way they. I think they're great actors. I just I think she's really the heart of the show. Um, you really could be right. I mean, she, she's extremely good on the show. But anyway, so Rhea Seahorn liked that uh, that my my tweet. Nice. So I was like, "Oh, that's cool. I feel I feel seen. I feel seen, Rhea Seahorn." Nice. But yeah, so uh, I mean, you could have got Larry Haken on the show again to talk about the show, but, but you got a like on Twitter. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. We did we did talk to Larry Haken. Maybe I'll. Maybe I'll invite Larry Hankin back on the show. I wonder if he if he shows up on Better Call Saul, then I will have him back on the show. I still have his phone number. Yeah. What is it again? 
Larry Hankin will do whatever I fucking say. Jeez. We used to. What if he's listening? We used to have a, he doesn't listen to the show. We used to, we used to have a uh, a show on the network uh called How I Met Your Friends and I uh I called Larry and I said, "Hey, they they cover friends and they cover How I Met Your Mother. They want to talk to you. You think you'd do it?" And he'd be like, "Yeah, whatever. Whatever. I'll do whatever, Mark," he said to me. So <laughs> So I assume now that he'll just do whatever I say. I I didn't I I I don't view that as him saying that he'll, you know, that he's like up for for interviews. I view that as him saying, "Cause it's you, Mark. I will do whatever you say." Right. But anyway, yeah. So uh, Larry Hankin, possible future guest. I wonder if he had Fred Soler to be a guest on the show. What do you think? Oh, maybe. I think so. If we throw him twenty bucks for for beer money or something. I think we could get him. Yeah, I don't know. Vinny has a lot of interesting uh, information out there. I mean, I'd love I mean, to hang out with him. His, uh, his tryst with Kathy Griffin. Yeah, no kidding. Kathy Griffin. Do you think he yeah. brags about that? Like, is that... Do you think that... So, relative, relatively speaking... I mean, at some point he did. Yeah, is that like... Is, like, is that... The equivalent, so let's say, is that, is Kathy Griffin, you know, his equivalent of Jennifer Love Hewitt uh, to, um, to uh, what's his name, uh, Body is a Wonderland dude? Yeah. I can't think of his name. What's his name? Uh, not Mayer. Yeah, John Mayer, right? Okay. So is that, is, is John Mayer to Jennifer Love Hewitt, um, Fred Stoller to Kathy Griffin? Are those equivalents? And in his circle, I don't know. I don't know. Could be when he was saying "get off the phone." Do you think that uh, he was channeling that, like like John Mayer did? Do you think, do you think when he was done with uh, Kathy Griffin, he goes "get off the bone"? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want him to. I want him to have said it in just the way he says it in our intro too. Get off the bone. <laughs> <laughs> He really, he, he really does a great intro, though. He really sells it. I love it. <laughs> I, and he just, like, you know, he went way beyond it. I just asked if he could say you're listening to Massive Leafy with uh, Mark and Mike, and he just ran with it. Think of think of where we've gone, Mike, since we've started this show. We got, uh, we got a review, a full-on review from Norm MacDonald. We, uh, we've been liked by Rhea Seahorn on Twitter. Uh, we've been dissed by Mark Hamill on Twitter. Well, not dissed, but we've been ignored by Mark Hamill on Twitter. And uh, we've got our intro from Fred Stoller. And don't forget, uh, you had an interview with uh, um, Larry Hankin. Hankin, as mentioned. Yep. And, uh, the and, great Ed Begley Jr. Ed Begley Jr., yeah. Uh, the That Lester Green guy uh, came on early. I was I, I couldn't get the audio to work then. I thought we you interviewed somebody else, too. I interviewed a couple other people, but... Lester was probably the best of the, of uh, besides besides Ed Begley. Not that I'm going to rank the people I interviewed, but besides Ed Begley Jr. and Larry Ankin, I think um, I think uh, Lester Lester's Lester's going places. I think. Yeah, that was. I mean, um, again, I wasn't there for the uh, those two, but the, the Ed Begley Jr. He was very generous with his time, and you know, very interesting guy. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, yeah. 
But yeah, that that my right. fa- my favorite was Ed Begley Jr. because you were here for that one. Because you're obsessed with uh, Samuel Swear. Well, I do. Yeah, I do like the show. <laughs> I like a lot of the stuff Ed Begley Jr.'s done. Yeah, I I think we both uh, mentioned. I honestly can't think of a bad movie that he's in. No, I mean he was in Serial Mom, which is a fun you know John Waters movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's in. Um, isn't he in Clue? I, I'm not sure, or the Rocky Horror Picture Show, or one of those. I know my wife likes both those movies. I think he's. Um, I think he's in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. He's not in Clue. I know that. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I I seen parts of it. But yeah, he's uh, he is awesome, and and like you said, so generous with his time. Mm. But, I think like he has, his daughter is just like waiting for him to be done so for dinner. What come on, Dad. Stop talking to these fucking losers. <laughs> I saw their video on TikTok, but still. His daughter's actually really talented, too. Very talented musician. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Check her out on, on Twitter. I don't remember her handle, but Ed Begley Jr. follows her, so you'll be able to find her through there. But yeah, um, what else was I gonna say? I had other things to say. Um, oh yeah. So, oh, I, we should say condolences to our good friend, who you know we're not gonna name on the air, but you know mm-hmm. if he is listening, very sorry about what happened. Yeah. The other day, you know what I'm talking about, I'm sure. Uh, I think so. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. What What are you talking about? Type it to me. Oh, I think you should know. I think you should know what I'm type, talking about. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes, yes, yep. Yeah, I know what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, okay, yes. Yeah. And, and to be fair, you 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 realized before the text went through. Yeah. Just just so the audience knows. Yeah, I wasn't exact. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why, but it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I talked to him. Um. You know, and and uh, obviously that sucks, but. Uh, Yes, condolences. You you know who you are. Condolences yes. uh, go out to. Very nice man. Yep. Oh yeah, for sure. When I'll tell you, um, not like not to, uh, not to, um, you know, get too into it or anything like that. But uh, the guy you're talking about, he uh, he used to write uh, like trivia questions. Like he'd write like trivia games because they would do trivia night, and he'd host. And he used to write questions. And probably the the best like grouping of questions that I'd ever seen from from trivia, Just, like right on that level of, you know, not too hard, um, but uh, but not too easy either. And just a really nice, thoughtful, thoughtful guy. So, you know, we our yeah, our, our our thoughts go out to uh, to our friend there. Yes, but um, the uh, the thing that I was uh, thinking of was um. Now that, now that I drag things down, <laughs> what, what, what wacky thing are you going to say? <laughs> well, it's funny because nobody, nobody out there really knows what we've been talking about sure. for the past, um, you know, for the past couple minutes, but um. No, I was going to mention, let me just find it real quick. Uh I watched so my wife and I watched uh WandaVision. Um I won't go super into it, but um 
I don't know if you're you if you're aware of the X Men movies, Mike. Um, like Days of Future of Past X-Men and stuff. Movies? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They're not very good, unfortunately. But do you remember uh, the Quicksilver? Um, I think Evan. Yeah, those are like the only parts I like of those movies. Like the they're really fun. Like it's all slow. What's the guy's name? Evan Peters. Or something yeah, like that? that's right. Yep. Or Peterson, maybe I'm not. I don't remember. But no, yeah, I think it's Evan Peters. Yeah. But they but so the movies are dog. They're very bad. So I kind of like first. Yeah, first class is first class is okay. I saw the first one, and I saw first class. And I think those are the only ones I've seen. I don't even think I've seen X2 or whatever it was called. Oh, like the older ones? Yeah, like I, I haven't seen, and I haven't seen it, like I haven't seen Apocalypse or, or whatever the last one was called or, or, you know, like I haven't seen any of those. I don't really keep up with them, but I, but I do know uh, the Quicksilver dude. So that those were at Fox, obviously, and Fox owned the rights to the X-Men movies, so they couldn't make any. And um, then <laughs> then Disney bought Fox, so then they could make X-Men movies. And uh, anyway, so because they couldn't, uh, they couldn't use Quicksilver, or, you know, specifically Quicksilver, when the MCU uh, brought him in uh, to be, like him and uh, Wanda were... Uh, from WandaVision, are twins. And when they brought him in, they got Aaron Taylor Johnson uh, of kick-ass fame, and he was the their Quicksilver, but they just called him Pietro because they couldn't legally call him Quicksilver. And he died in Avengers Age of Ultron. So, uh, this is the surprise for the last episode, I guess spoilers for WandaVision, of, well, the most recent episode. Uh, the door rings, and... She answers it, and we see the white hair, and we're like, oh, my gosh, it's uh, it's Aaron Taylor Johnson. But it's not Aaron Taylor Johnson. It's Evan Peters. And he's like, hey, long-lost sis. He's got this weird Brooklyn accent. It's so funny. But nice. apparently they are, the show is going to bring in, like, a multiverse of characters. Uh, that's and and they've been talking about it with um the Spider-Man movie too, uh with um uh because like Tobey Maguire is supposed to be in it and Doc Ock is uh Alfred Alfred Molina is Doc Ock supposed to be in it and and Andrew Garfield. Yeah, friend, I think I think they're doing that with um the Flash movie and also are they doing it with the Batman movie? Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's you know it's everybody's doing it now and it's a pretty standard trope for comic books of like, you know, all oh, the worlds are colliding. Sure. But that's only because they're mostly poorly written, which makes sense. Cause uh, from what I've seen in the movies, that seems to be the case as well. Yeah. I like, I like the WandaVision show. Okay. Um, but, uh, I don't know. Like they, they did one of the things on the Super Bowl. Know. One of the commercials was, um, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Hawkeye and the, or no, not Hawkeye. I keep wanting to say Hawkeye. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, and they, um, that's a new show that's it's coming out from Marvel 2. And, and that seems more like their standard kind of beat em up show. And I'm like, eh. Oh, is that a show or a movie? It's a, that, that's a show. So that's a, another show. They've got a bunch of, now that they have, 
Now that they have a streaming network, they've got a bunch of shows coming out. Right, they just make everything like shows now because of the pandemic and all that stuff. I think that's part of it too. Yeah, and I think they're going to end up uh, releasing that um, the uh, the Black Widow movie that's been delayed forever. I think they're going to end up releasing that on Disney Plus. Yeah, that seems to make the most sense because I think like in in Michigan at least, uh, I think theaters are allowed to open, but they can't have concessions. And we may have mentioned this before, but that's like all their money. I mean, they make yeah. all their money off concessions. Why it's five dollars for popcorn because the movies take like ninety percent the first week, then eighty percent of the mm-hmm. box office. Yeah, when everyone so it's like, why open? When you're yeah, when everyone goes, they take the lion's share of the profits. But yeah, yes. There's so apparently. Um, the other thing that I want to talk about is there is a Britney Spears documentary being made. And I guess... It's uh, out. Oh, it's out already? Yeah, my, my wife watched it yesterday. No, what did she think? Um, I think she said it really didn't... It wasn't really informative for the most part. I'm like, I've already seen it, like the online outrage just started up because people are like, oh, so-and-so should apologize to Britney Spears for an interview that... In 1999, right? <laughs> Do you know how fucking different the world was like in 1999? Eminem was uh was voicing insult the or uh, what's his name the the insult comic dog. Uh, um, he wasn't voicing. He had, he had no fight with him. Triumph. Yeah, Triumph. That's right. Well, he was like hitting on Lindsay Lohan or something like that at the MTV Music Awards or something. Like, I mean, it's like. It was a very different time, 1999. But yeah, apparently there's uh, there's allegations that she hides coded messages in her social media posts on Instagram and stuff like that. That's fun. Very weird. Like, there's people love conspiracy theorists or theories. RJ and Rachel really need to get on um, the Britney Spears conspiracies. Well, maybe they will at some point. Oh, my God. But, yeah, I, like, so many people care so deeply about Britney Spears. It's weird to me. Yeah, I mean, I never, like, uh, obviously, I'm not, into, like, the not obviously, but I'm not generally into, like, pop-type music. I mean, there's some exceptions. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's, like, never at any point, I mean, I, I felt that she was just all marketing from the get-go, you know? I mean, right. she was never, like, Singer or any of that kind of stuff, you know. I mean, doesn't seem to be especially interesting of a person, you know. I mean, Lady Gaga, like, I mean, you know, she's not like, uh, to, to, you know, she's not like the most attractive person, which I guess is, you know, kind of an interesting point because, you know, like, uh, she's clearly super talented, like musically, mm-hmm. you know, right? And like, like an interesting person, she, you know, she does like crazy, not crazy stuff, but she'll like, you know, pay more money than she's bringing in on a show just because it to make it a good show for her fans, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean respect for her, but I mean, someone like Britney Spears, who's like, you know, uh, a 10th talent wise, you know, if that, I mean, but like, is like, there's like this whole weird, like marketing package that comes with her. And it's like, people care about her, but I mean, you know, it's like, I, I mean, not, I mean, she's, I mean, she's not going to be like in the music hall of fame anytime, you know, like at least not on the merits of her ability to make and sing music. It's weird to me that people often like, you know, have music and be engaged to it, but it's not really that musical. I mean, it, it's catchy, I suppose, but generally they're not like songs that will like, you know, last forever in the annals. Like it's not like in 130 years, like the Backstreet Boys are going to be, you know, being played on classical piano. 
are you telling me, Mike, that you didn't personally connect to the song "Oops, I Did It Again"? I mean, I'm just saying it. It just baffles me because I mean, it's it's it, it's it's kind of like music for people who don't like music. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. it's like it's catchy. I, I'll listen to this. I'll know the words. Everybody I know knows the words. Okay, I like this song, but I mean, it's not. You know, it's it's it, it's only on a very surface level a song. Even you know, it's it's not. She didn't write it. Um, she probably had her voice auto tuned at that time. I don't know, but later I'm almost certain you know that would be. And she even with her contemporaries, she was never the best singer. I mean, I think Christina no. Aguilera is a hundred times better singing wise, you know, for sure. Yeah. You know, I, I watched a really interesting documentary about music and, uh, this guy was breaking down why, why music from, and I can't remember what year delineation he made. I think it was like 2005 maybe and be, and beyond something like that. He, he pointed out a year and he was like, there's a reason why music from, you know, this year onward is much less interesting and, you know, and not as good as me- same video. Yeah. Wasn't it? Was it talking about the, uh, the sequencing machines and that kind of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Basically like, yeah, we talk about the seeds. Like he, he pointed out how like in the sixties, uh, you know, the top 50 songs were written by 35 different people, you know, or something like that. And today the top 50 songs are written by five different groups of songwriters and yes. And he talked about how the mod, you know, the modulation of the music. So, uh, you know, the, the low end and the high end and how, you know, what the, the, the difference between that, like people who do podcasting or whatever, you know, they're familiar with looking at waveforms where you can see the highs and the lows and things like that. And on something like this, like a podcast, you kind of want a homogenized line, but in music, it, it's, yeah, I mean, as far as compression, I mean, we're just looking for like, you know, it's just our voices, you know, we're not right. creating anything like, you know, artistic as far as like the sounds go or that sort of thing. Correct. Like with music, I mean, the interesting parts about music are the parts that are not correct, I, I think. Yep. Because, you know, obviously anybody could like, like there's this group, I don't know what this group's name, but they're an Australian group where they basically point out like there's like dozens, if not, you know, scores of songs that just use the exact, like literally the exact same chord progression. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's the thing is, is music nowadays is so homogenous, and it's it's not like uh, like love them or hate them. It's not like the album Pet Sounds from the Beach Boys, where they're using, um, you know, they're using all this discordant uh, natural sound and 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 like going out and getting, um, you know, sound from from either animals or sounds from like you know the the spinning of a top or you know like just going out and and like looking for interesting you know sounds in different places people aren't aren't doing that anymore because a lot of it's just made on a computer and like you said all compressed and and built to like you know like they've figured out scientifically oh um this progression of chords or the or whatever um is you know what gets stuck in people's heads so we're gonna this is like the earworm you know kind of progression so we're going to make every song sound like that Right. Or even, you know, back in the older, like, you know, eras, like they would sign bands like a, you know, three to five album uh, deal, but they would actually let them kind of progress over the five albums. You know, you'd have bands like, like Genesis. I mean, I'm not a huge fan, but, you know, they were able to progress, you know, they didn't necessarily, they weren't like the best selling album of all time, like in their initial release or anything. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. That... You have all these groups that kind of found their, you know, they really, I mean, they've been a band, you know, to this point where they got a record deal, but they really kind of found themselves. I mean, even, I mean, not that they would have an issue with selling, but I mean, the Beatles, I mean, they evolved. I'm not a huge fan of theirs, but they evolved over. I mean, their, mm-hmm. their first albums doing covers of Chuck Berry songs are not the same band that's on the White Album. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> For sure. And, you know, like, uh, look at Chicago. Uh, you know, another one that like, I like some of their songs, but I'm not like a huge, you know, necessarily Chicago fan either, but you know, they, there's another group that progressed or Jefferson airplane, you know, like there, there are lots of, um, more of a starship fan. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Nothing's going to stop them now. Um, is that the first time that's been said? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, you know, what's funny is my, my daughter, the youngest one, the seven year old really likes the, the song. Um, we built this city on rock and roll. Sure. Uh, and she's just like, you know, she, we watch the Goldberg sometimes and she, um, she really loves the eighties. She's in love with the, uh, the eighties. You like the eighties, right? Mark. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's the eighties. Yeah, do you think you're going to watch? I, I, I have no interest in Britney Spears at all on any level or in any way. I mean, no, I love hearing my wife, uh, you know, in general, like conversations. But her talking to me about this thing is just like, I, I no part of it interests me whatsoever. Yeah, I probably won't see it. I don't, I, I don't, what's it on? I don't even know what it's on. Mm, it might be Hulu. Mm, well, at least I have or, Hulu. Or Netflix, maybe. I'm thinking, about, I, I'm thinking about getting rid of Netflix. Yes, yes. Oh, I don't know about Netflix. I need to cut some out, though, because it's just... I, mean, I definitely am getting rid of CBS. I just got that to watch The Stand. And also, uh, much to my delight, the Detroiters is on there. So maybe I'll mm. watch that one more time. Oh, yeah. We should... T- yeah, we keep talking about... We should talk about the Detroiters. What? Uh, do you, you don't have CBS, do you? No. No, but I think I, I can get it on... Watch uh, an episode, but... I think I can get it on um, Comedy Central, though. I think you're right. Yeah, there's an episode. In the, <laughs> I think it's sorry. I believe it's the first season where they go to. Um, uh, I can't remember the his name, Mister So and So's birthday party. Mm-hmm. It's like the third episode. <laughs> you have to watch that one. It's it's so ridiculously funny. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. I watched it. I, I used to watch the show a while ago. I haven't seen every episode or, or anything, obviously, but it used to be on, I think it was on, used to be on late night on Comedy Central. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I, I don't know why it wasn't super successful. I mean, as a local, I mean, like all the references are all local references and they're mm-hmm. hilarious. I mean, clearly, you know, they, they, there's a lot of, you know, I mean, there's like Fago in every shot and that kind of stuff. It's right. definitely like very centered on, uh, on Detroit, but I mean, it's, it's a hilarious show. And one of the people on there is actually like I can't remember her name. It's Anita something maybe. She has a new talk show as well. She's very funny on there. She's um, Sam. Uh, one of the characters, Sam. It's his ex girlfriend. Oh, Okay. I was Anita wondering Huff, if it was maybe? our I friend. I was wondering if it was our friend Nathan's daughter, Nathan Enema. <laughs> so oh, yeah, I know he had a uh, daughter. Was so Anita Enema? No. Um, I do. I do know that I told after I saw Batman, I loudly said to him, "This town needs an enema." And uh, I didn't know what that word meant at the time, but he didn't find it as fun as I did. <laughs> Remember when we went to see him one time, and he like he had that long hair and beard, and he looked like Jesus. Yeah, I think he kind of rocked that look for a while. Yeah, I haven't seen him in probably since that day. So I don't. I don't know if he, we. Yeah, go ahead. 
I lived next door to his family at one point. Very nice people, every single one of them. Oh yeah, yeah. He he always seemed like a really nice guy. Uh, but speaking of nice guys, uh, it's time for these two nice guys to go. Uh, but you know, do all the the shit that you want to do with our show if you want reviews and and writings and and uh, you know all that stuff. Tell people about it. Tell a friend yeah, about the I'd show. Like you to see, I'd like you to see the stand mark, but I really don't think you should. It's 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 not going to be much. I mean, I'd be if you could somehow watch it all, like you know, at high speed and retain every minute of it. I mean, it's not really worth more than an hour of anyone's time. I don't think. How long is it? How many episodes is it? There are eight episodes, and they're about an hour each. I think it's <sighs> like I said. I, I I wouldn't subject myself to it again. That's for sure. So I I would avoid it if I were you. Yeah, that's a lot. I don't know because I've I've thought about doing the free trial for CBS All Access. I know, um, you know, I could let my, uh, I could give my mother-in-law the, uh, the, uh, access code or whatever the, cause she, she likes Star Trek, but I've, I've heard, I've heard nothing good. I think every Star Trek's on there. Yeah. Or is that Paramount, I think. Well, it's, I know they've got, they have the two new, um, the Discovery and Picard. Um, but I've heard okay. bad things about See, both those shows. I know they shows. had a wild, oh, I think the the Jordan oh no not yeah the Jordan Peele guy I think he hosted the Twilight Zone yeah and that's on there as well I'm kind of interested in seeing that but if I have to renew it I don't think I'm going to do that there was one that I heard about I haven't seen any of them because I don't have CBS All Access but I heard about with Joel McHale and something about like this scientist is tr- is. Mixing human DNA with octopus DNA so that humans have the power of the octopus. <laughs> Maybe he wants humans to be able to to put themselves in jars or something. I don't know. But then things octopus are very intelligent. Then things go horribly wrong. So, uh, you know, in, in Twilight Zone fashion, I guess. I hear it's not good. The new yeah. Twilight Zone. Okay, see, because I thought the one with Jason Alexander, or he was on there at one point. I mean, he was a host. They had some good episodes, I felt. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know if I saw those. I mean, I, I'm forever interested in the format of the Twilight Zone. I'll give any type of, of variation of it a shot, I think. Yeah, I, I definitely like the format, for sure. Because it's like short stories on TV, basically. Yeah. And I like I like short stories. Not a lot of people do anymore. They don't sell very well, but I've always I've always liked them. Yeah, I feel that's a that's a untapped market on uh, Kindle. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, go tap that market, and uh, we will see you next time. Bye. See you next time. <laughs>